whatever he says, do it. Do that. Because it's that that is going to accomplish a miracle here. When you do what God says, that is going to accomplish you to be restored. When you do what he says and you live how he wants you to live, that is what's going to produce fruit. That is what's going to change your life. That is what's going to change your situation. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, no matter how crazy it is, do it. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. guys it's your girl autumn miles coming back happy summer everybody i hope you guys are getting right into the summer groove i know it takes my family like a second to readjust from end of school all of those things all of a sudden i have four little humans running around my house actually they're not little anymore they're two big humans and two medium-sized humans but we are getting there. We are getting in the groove. I actually love when my kids are home for the summertime. They're in the pool right now, and my studio is right beside the pool. So um, if you hear them splashing, that is why. They're enjoying their summer while I'm working. <laughs> Welcome to the show today. I have so many things that I could talk about because there so many things have, have happened in the last week. But I want to say... Thank you so much for your support of what we do. Y'all know that we went into this women's series and it was like all of a sudden I was into Deborah and all of a sudden she was my best friend and all of a sudden I was so obsessed I couldn't get out of that passage of scripture. And, you know, the Lord just, I don't know, he has given me such a starvation when I feel like there's more, it's like I can't give up that passage of scripture until I feel like God has said everything he wants through me to you. And, and it showed. And you guys shared it with friends and people. And we got messages and we got so many emails and everyone. So I just, I cannot believe you guys, when I stopped doing the radio, it was a huge step of faith for me to do this. It was not like, oh, let's just transition, no big deal. It took me nine months to decide to come off radio and do this. We work hard for you. Every single download that every single time you guys share, every comment is a big deal uh, because we work hard. And there, it's not just me. There is a whole team of people listening right now that are working hard to make sure we give you excellence, which is what how Jesus and God operate. I mean, they operate not in perfection, but in excellence. So thank you so much for your support. You have no idea how much that means to me. So I, <laughs> last week I was able to take a trip. We went to the NRB conference, which I get it wrong every time I say it. The National Religious Media Conference, I think. I probably got it wrong. I don't know. I still really don't know what it means. But it's an amazing conference. There's so many people in media that are there that you get to talk to and meet and Oh my goodness. It's a great place to connect. It's a great place 
for you just to see people that you've like heard and they've heard of you and then you just kind of connect one lady we connected outside the bathroom it was so it was super great but it was awesome when I got home because I saw why I went and um but let me tell you getting there was hard have you guys ever been let me ask you this question this is what's happening in my life or what just happened in my life have you ever been on a plane without a pilot that's what I want to know. <laughs> you guys, last week, I was so excited to go to this NRB conference. We had planned at Mike, uh, my producer, had done so much work on it. And, you know, we're, we're flying in. We're going to do all the things. It's going to be amazing. I go. I know what. I've traveled a lot, you guys, for work. So I know what time I like to be there because your girl likes her sleep. Nine o'clock, I'm trying to go to sleep because I know I run 3,000 miles an hour all day long. So I like I like to make sure I'm there, I'm settled, you know, I've got food, the whole thing. So I leave at 3 from Dallas. 3 from Dallas. We get on the plane in Dallas. We get on the plane. Everyone gets on the plane. Everyone buckles the little seat belts. Everyone does everything, every all the things, okay? We pull back from the gate, which means we're leaving, okay? <laughs> We pull back from the gate and it's like a long pause. And listen, I know I can feel because I've flown so many times when the plane starts like circling a city, I can feel descent, ascent. I can feel I kind of know just because you you get used to the same feeling when something is not quite right and I'm sitting there on the plane and I'm thinking we should have started moving by now I mean it's a solid like 25 minutes we're sitting there and you know while the the flight attendants do their little thing with the like security everything and you know the safety stuff the plane is typically moving into position to take off it was not moving and I'm like something's going on here and then all of a sudden, the ding-dong phone calls start going back and forth, which, like, the pilot calls the flight attendants, and the, they call each other in the back of the plane and the front of the plane and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, something is happening. Sure enough, two seconds later, the pilot comes on, and he says, sorry, guys, we're not leaving. We're going to deplane. You have to get off the plane, and we're going to have, like, an hour and a half delay because the Orlando airport is closed. So there's that. We get off the plane, and I know that there is a 4.30 flight that's leaving because I know these things because I travel a lot, and I switch my flights all the time because I'm like, listen, <laughs> I know there's a 4.30. I'm going to get on the 4.30. Got on the 4.30, same thing, loaded on the 4.30. We all were buckled up on the 4.30, ready to take off. And all of a sudden, they came on and said, sorry, we're not leaving. Not because we couldn't leave, because I think Orlando was open at that point, because our pilots don't have enough time, so they can't fly. And I don't understand any of that. Maybe some of you guys, your husbands are pilots or whatever, so they can't fly. So our pilots have to leave. <laughs> And this is at like 5.30. I mean, we've been like sitting there for an hour or whatever. The pilots leave. I don't know where they go. I'm looking for like down into the cockpit. I see nobody. That doesn't mean they're not there. I just didn't see them. And then eventually someone goes to the bathroom up there and I'm like, dude, do we have pilots or not? Nope, no pilots. 
Two hours later, we get pilots, you guys. But at this point, all the crew, we have to get a whole new crew because they don't have time. Like two hours after that, we get a crew. And I'm telling you, by this time, I know everyone in my section on the plane. We're all best friends. You know, we're all having all these conversations. No one wants to leave. But we're to the point where if they can't get a fourth crew, we all have to get off the plane because there's no more flights out. It's way too late to leave. You know, it's not NRB was not going to happen for me. And then all of a sudden at the last second, I'm texting Mike. I'm texting Amanda. I'm like, we have no pilots. Like, what do you want me to do? I would have flown the plane if they would have let me. Like, that. I probably, maybe I could have figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'm going, there is nothing. It is totally out of my control. There is nothing that I could do. And then the guy comes on. He's like, we found the fourth crew member. We'll be taking off shortly. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He sounds so peaceful. And this has been a really stressful day. But you guys, let me tell you something. I got there. And God did so many things. So many things. One right after another. We had good meeting after good connection after good meeting after good connection. And I, the enemy puts up a fight. And he, he, he makes you tired. He puts up a fight mentally, not just physically tired, but mentally tired. He makes you want to leave because that's what I wanted to do. If they would have let me out that plane, I would have been like, peace. I'll see you next year, NRB. But they did let me. I think God held me on that plane. On the other side of that challenge, there was so many amazing opportunities. And, you know, here's a little spiritual message for you guys today. On the other side of your challenge, on the other side of your fight, on the other side of it, there is opportunity. There is breakthrough because the enemy doesn't want you to get there. He wants to make you so mad and so frustrated that you literally want to walk away from that plane, whatever your plane is. Um, and that's how I felt that night. But thank God he broke through right at the, and he literally, God came through at the last second. We were about to all be like dismissed, flight canceled, but God came through at the last second. And so I don't know, as I was going to my hotel at one thirty in the morning, wishing I had been sleeping for four hours, the Lord was really speaking to me about, listen, you fought and I'm a fighter and I've learned to fight <laughs> because I've had, I've had to be toughened up over the years. On the other side of that, when you stand your ground, the Lord comes through right at that last second. And it is like awesome. It is like, you know, rainbows and clouds parting and it's beautiful. So anyways, that was my week last week. I'm glad I got there. Um, and it was awesome on the way back, you guys. I was dropped off at the airport, and um, I was on a flight that was at like 8 o'clock because I only left for 24 hours. I don't like to leave my kids longer than that. And I'm going at 8 o'clock, and it's like 6.30, 6.15, and I'm like, I'm about to go and sit down and wait for my flight, and there's a flight loading to Dallas. And I go up to the guy, and I'm like, can I get on this flight? And God let me get on that flight, and so I got home an hour and a half early. So, you know, God does his thing. Anyway, that's my story. 
If you're in a fight right now, you have no idea what's on the other side of that. Stand your ground. Stand firm. Don't give in. Okay. I've got an awesome message for you guys. This is going to be a little bit of a filler message until our... It's an awesome message if you're feeling exhausted. But it is... It's uh, We're going to start our series on holy in the week after next. And you're not going to want to miss it. Come back after the break. I'm ready to go. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. I have to say, this is one of my favoriteest little passages of scripture about Jesus. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's like the first time that Jesus, we like see him emerging as not normal. <laughs> no one really knew who he was at this point. Um, and we see him emerge, and he emerges um, with his very first miracle. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. But this is for you as we head into these summer months. As we head into these summer months, who you, from the previous few months, and maybe year, and maybe school year, you feel depleted, Okay. You feel as if you are coming into summer and you're dragging yourself there, you know? This one is for you guys today. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that I read this morning that encouraged my heart so much because that's kind of what I'm doing. I've got, you know, we've had a really, really, really super busy year with my children and and, and work and everything. And praise God for that. I, it's all been good busy, good busy. But I'm kind of dragging myself into summer and I'm thinking, I need rest. I need to recoup. I need to restore myself. And the Lord gave me this passage this morning. This is not about Jesus' first miracle, but right in line with that, I want you to know that God will, when you're feeling like you can't do it another day or you are just being depleted on some level in some area of your life, the Lord comes in. And guys, I sat outside this morning and I always do early in the morning when weather cooperates, but I always sit outside for about an hour every day. 
I get up early. I sacrifice sleep in order to do. I go to bed early, but I get up early in order to do that. And I opened up my Bible today and I just felt like, Lord, I don't even know what to look at. I don't even know what to read. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know where to go. I just need you. I just need a word from the word. That's what I need. My eyes rested on this one verse and it says this, and it is like, it's such a life-giving verse, but it says, for those of you that struggle with facing something that's overwhelming or anxiety or whatever, it says this, you will fear disaster no more. And that disaster is a really strong word. But for those of you out there that struggle with anxiety, everything feels like a disaster. (laughs) When you're like, you know, constantly bombarded with anxiety, everything feels like a disaster waiting to happen. When's the next shoe going to drop? And I read that this morning and I thought, what a life-giving verse that was. And I just sat and I thought about that. You will fear disaster no more. And I went back, this is in Zephaniah 3, 15, but I went back and I read Zephaniah 3, 14, and it says this, shout for joy, O daughter of Zion, shout in triumph, O Israel, rejoice and exalt with all of your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. And you know, I'm like, Lord, I hear you. Oh, daughter, I'm here. I hear you. The Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, listen to what this says. The Lord is in your midst. You will fear disaster no more. I really resonated with the Lord is in your midst. You will fear disaster no more. You know, when we are running out of something or when we are anxious about something or when we are in a season, when we are completely depleted, the Lord is the one who knows how to pour back into us with a line, with a sentence, with a word. I I sat there this morning and I was thinking, the Lord is in my midst. What am I doing overwhelmed with this situation? What am I doing overwhelmed? The Lord is in my midst. I don't have to be worried about when is the shoe going to drop. The Lord is in my, he is here. He's with me. He is preaching to me from his very word. The Lord will preach to your soul precisely, succinctly, and specifically exactly what you need to hear so that you don't have to feel depleted any longer when you reach out to him. I read that this morning and it was crazy because I had my uh, team meeting with my my team and I'm like, okay, what are we going to record today? And Um, You know, all this stuff, obviously, we have lots of content over here, (laughs) done content for years. But when I had my production meeting with Amanda, she said, I really, I I really love when you talk about the miracle at Cana at the wedding. I was like, that is so crazy, Amanda, because I was, it's almost like the Lord gave me the exact word 
to restore my weariness this morning. And so I think this is right in line with what God wants to minister to you. I want to read this passage of scripture to you. If you feel like you're running out, you are running low on patience. You're running low on just faith, hope. Maybe you're exhausted and you need a nap. Whatever it is that you just feel like you don't, you just don't, you're not overflowing. You don't, you're not overflowing. (laughs) You're underflowing. If that is you today, as we march into this awesome season of summer, which I love the summertime, as we go into it, let us fully embrace it and let's embrace it with the Lord in our midst because he is the key to restoring us. Let me read this passage. Um, John 2 says this, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. (laughs) Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be cool if you were getting married and you're like... Who am I going to invite? Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite Jesus Christ. What's his address? (laughs) Verse three, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to him, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim. He said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, I love this story for so many reasons and, and, our, and you know, there's so many different things that we can point at and I could actually preach, preach to you guys about today. But the biggest thing here is that God cares even about the smallest thing that you happen to be running out of. Now, this is God, you guys. This is God. This is Jesus Christ. This is the God man, okay? 100% God, 100% man. I've showed you a million scriptures to back up that. But he cares about the smallest thing in order to interject himself so that this bride and that this groom would not be embarrassed. He cared that the wine was running out. He cares. I heard someone say the other day, why would I pray about that? Because God doesn't even care how I'm feeling. It's so small. And I, I said, on the contrary, that is exactly how God wants to interject into your life to show you how much he cares. He 
cares about anything in your life that you feel like you're running out of, that you feel like is overwhelming you, that is a problem. It does not matter how small it is to you, to him, it's a big deal. Here we have this amazing couple. And, you know, you think of this couple who is like, I mean, it's a wedding. The most, most incredible event of their lives. They invited Jesus, which was a good thing. They ask him, you know, to come with his disciples. They, they ask his mother to come. We don't know exactly who these people are, but they had the hookup when it came to the supernatural. I mean, I guess if you're a friend with Mary, the mother of Jesus, like <laughs> your small group is real, is real strong, you know. But they invited them there. And yet... The bride and the groom didn't ask Jesus to interject. They knew that the wine was running out. They knew, I mean, these weddings could have lasted for like a week in Jewish time. They could have, and, and Jewish tradition, they could have lasted for hours to a week. I mean, these celebrations went on for a long time, okay? So there was a lot of wine to be drunk. But I love this one section, this one portion of this passage of scripture, it says this, Jesus and his disciples were invited, John 2, 2, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And he said to them, what does that have to do with us? Here we have Jesus at the wedding. Jesus, who, you know, at this point had already recruited some disciples, okay? He is um, definitely beginning his public ministry, but we have Jesus at the wet. He is present. He is in the midst. He is there. And who asked Jesus to intervene? Not the bride and groom, not the parents of the bride and groom, Jesus' mom. As I have read this story over the years, this point has literally rocked me every time I read this story. There was a major need. Jesus was present, but wasn't asked. We do this. There's a huge need in your life. Or maybe even a small need. Jesus is present. He's in your midst. You invite him to the party. He's there. (laughs) But why is it that we take things in our own control so more often than not? And we consult our intellect. We consult our friends. We consult our education, our experience, our moms, our dads. We consult. It's like we'll consult every other thing. Jesus is there. He's in our midst. But so many times we don't make the ask. This has really convicted me over the years, you know, in my own life. I mean, pretty much now it's like we need anything. I need, I, my kids make fun of me all the time because I literally pray about everything. Oh Lord, can I please find a piece of gum in the, in the bottom of my purse? 
Oh Lord, I need a back to an earring. My earrings are are huge, and so I need a I need a back that'll like stabilize my earring. Oh Lord, I prayed for a nail guy for years. Oh Lord, I really love a Diet Coke right now. Can we get like I love Diet Coke from Chipotle. If we're on a trip, can I see a Chipotle soon? Oh Lord, you know, can I just have one bag of chicken so I don't have to go to the store? I pray about everything and they make fun of me for praying about everything. And then the bag of chicken shows up and then we roll up on a Chipotle and then I find the back to that earring and then I find a piece of gum in the bottom of my purse. And I'm telling you what, is it, it is a teaching moment every single time. And this is why, because I've seen my life when I didn't consult the Lord. I've seen my life when I was consulting Autumn Miles' intellect, like that's very high at all. I have seen my life and I have seen the roadblocks that I have not been able to overcome. So when I read this passage of scripture and actually sunk in, Jesus was there. The power was there. His sovereignty was there. His mind. He was sitting there doing nothing except shooting the breeze with his disciples, but he was not asked by the people who needed the miracle. His mom came and asked him. I've seen my life when I consulted every other person because that made me feel safer than consulting God himself. I've seen my life when their wisdom has failed and I've been like, wow, I listened to you. That was really dumb. I've seen it that way. It's not good. So when I read this years ago, I realized I'm not going to be the moron who does that anymore. I'm just not. I was living very... (laughs) I don't know why I thought the the people in my life's suggestion, and they're very smart people, would be more potent and, and powerful than God himself. But you know what? The enemy will get us into a block in our minds that will keep us from the very miracle like this bride and groom saw in Cana. He'll get us there. Jesus is there. He's waiting. He's waiting for you right now to say, I... I'm overwhelmed with my job. I'm overwhelmed in my marriage. I'm overwhelmed with my children. I'm overwhelmed that, you know, (laughs) with this huge decision that I have to make. I'm running out. I'm running out of hope. I'm running out of grace. I'm just running out. Jesus is there. If you're a believer, he's there. He's in your midst. Just like Zephaniah says, he's in your midst. It's your job to lay your petition before him. It's your job. I have never, never, and I I don't want to lie to you, so let me just make sure I'm saying this right. I have had seasons where God has been silent in my life. I have had seasons where I felt there were things in my life that I needed to clean up so that there would be full communication between me and the Lord. There's been seasons in my life where I just couldn't see past what was standing in front of me because it was so huge. I couldn't hear God because of it. But I don't ever think I have ever asked God to encourage my spirit 
to restore my soul? And he has said no. I don't ever remember a time in 20 years of, oh, well, over that now, I'm pushing 25, of walking closely. I do not ever remember a time where I have said, God, if you don't, I am running out of faith. I must have your encouragement. I cannot remember one time when God has not answered me through his word, through his spirit, through another person calling me to encourage me. I don't think he has ever left me hanging like that. He's there. He knows we're human. He knows we need him. He knows we run out of our our resources. He knows we run out of our emotional resources. He knows we need him. Don't leave Jesus sitting at a table at a wedding in your life when he could be actively meeting your needs exactly when you need him. This picture of Jesus sitting, I I picture it like this. He's sitting at a round table. I mean, they're playing like solitaire, (laughs) eating nuts. Because, like, they didn't have, what else did they eat back then? I don't know. I just feel like they're, like, eating almonds or walnuts or something. I, olives. I don't know. Grapes. They're like, you know you know that game where you like, you're like, open your mouth. Let me see if I can get this grape in there. I kind of feel like it would be like that. Like, Jesus is sitting there with all of his homies around the, around the table. I, I'd have to picture the scriptures like this because it makes... It just makes sense to me. Jesus is being alive and him being an actual person. You know, hey, open your mouth, Jesus. Let me see if I can throw this olive and and, and makes it. That's just kind of like this picture of him just sitting there when there is a huge problem and no one has consulted him. No one has asked him to intervene. It gets me every single time. So I have this picture of Jesus at this round table, but I also feel like that's exactly where we put him. We want him close. We just don't want him to interject. We want him around in case somebody dies or something horrible is happening. But in our regular everyday life, we just want him sitting down playing with olives at the round table. We don't really want him to interject because what if he tells us to do something that we don't want to do? We, We want him close. We just don't want him to interrupt our lives. This picture is so vivid to me. And the whole story read differently after the Lord showed me this. I'm in your midst. And I'm in your midst for a reason. I'm in your midst to shepherd you, to lead you, to help you, to bring you a breakthrough, to walk you through. I'm not in your midst to play solitaire at a round table. I'm not in your midst just for emergencies, although he is there for that. I'm in your midst for every single time you feel like you're losing hope. You feel rejected. You're frustrated. You need a name to call on no matter what it is. I'm in your midst for that. Let me interrupt your life. This whole story read completely different. There's so many miracles that are happening here, not just the water to wine, but it just reads completely differently because I just feel like it's a picture of what so many do. And I'm saying today, don't do that any longer. 
What do you need? He has it. His mother said to Jesus, verse two, Jesus, uh, excuse me, verse three, when, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman. <laughs> I wonder how he actually said that. Woman. What does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, listen to what she says. She's so wise. Whatever he says to you, do it. Anything he says, do it. Mary doesn't go back to Jesus and, and they don't have, at least it's not, it's not recorded. Okay. They could have had a dialogue. I don't know. I'm not John. I didn't write this book. He chose the highlights. But I think it's so interesting that really the only thing that that is even recorded of Mary saying to the servants is she goes up to them and all she says is whatever he says, do it. She says nothing else is recorded. Whatever he says, do it. Listen, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, is telling servants at a wedding <laughs> because they ran out of wine, whatever he says, do it. That must have been the most important thing that she could think of to tell them without blowing Jesus's cover that he was the son of the living God. <laughs> Whatever he says, do it. Do that. Because it's that that is going to accomplish a miracle here. When you do what God says, that is going to accomplish you to be restored. When you do what he says and you live how he wants you to live, that is what's going to produce fruit. That is what's going to change your life. That is what's going to change your situation. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, no matter how crazy it is, do it. As I read this years ago, um, I was going through just like a, just such a, such a weird time, <laughs> you know, when you start a ministry from scratch, it's like, it's hard. I'm not even going to lie. Like it's, you know, it's nothing like working for somebody else. It's just not, <laughs> it's hard. You bear the brunt of everything. Everything is your fault. Everything is, you know, you can blame for everything. And, and, you know, that's just real life. Okay. You need to take responsibility for it. Cause you're the one who's the head of the ministry or whatever. And it's hard. And I was going through this season where it was like, everyone hates me. Everyone is against me. Everyone, blah, 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 blah. And the Lord said to me, but Autumn, what did I tell you to do? <laughs> I remember, I me he's actually said that to me multiple times, perking up, <laughs> thinking, but what do I think about what you're doing? But what did I call you to do? Do they not understand the situation? No, but I do. Cause I ask you to do it. And I remember having this dialogue during that time with the Lord, but God, there's bah, bah, you know, me squawking away. And eventually I understood exactly what God was telling me in that moment. I told you to do this and you did it. And because you obeyed what I told you to do, you're going to see things that other people won't. I told you to do, I'm proud of you. I'm in your midst. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this with you. You are not alone. I told you to do this. 
And after I grasped that in my head years and years ago, Red Sea started partying in my life. <laughs> I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what they think. It matters. What did God say? That's what I'm going to do. And if I can let him be the heavy in my life, if I can let him be the decision maker in my life, if I can put the blame back on him because he can handle it in my, listen, God told me to do this. You can be mad at him. I'm just obeying what God told me. So if you've got a problem with me, you got a problem with him because all I'm doing is following right after his lead because that's the only place I want to be. Once I got this straight in my life, I was able to walk in an area of overflow, of fulfillment, of freedom that I had not yet experienced up until that point. I was doing exactly what God asked me to do. And it was weird. People didn't understand, but God did. And it did a miracle in me. Whatever he says to you, do it. You're running out. You're running out of that patience with your husband. You're running out of your pat- that patience with your, with your child or with your church. You're running out of money. <laughs> You're running out. The answer Mary gave to the servants is the same one I'm going to give you. Whatever God, whatever he says to you, John 2, 5, do it. Do it. He's there. He's in your midst. He's there. He's ready. God doesn't have to warm up or get ready. He's always ready. What is he saying to you to do? Do it. Do it even if it costs you. Go to counseling. Say no. Stop something. Have that close friend move them to acquaintance in your life. Stop overspending. Start tithing. What is it? Go to church. Get involved in a small group. There are several different ways that we can hear from the Lord. Obviously, his spirit and his word are two big ones. If you don't know what he's saying in order to replenish something in your life or to help you in a certain area of your life, start doing some research on what the word says. If God has already spoken in his word, his spirit is not going to contradict what his word says. His spirit will always agree with his word, period. It always, it never disagrees. His word is not going to say something his spirit doesn't. They are one, triune. The Trinity, all one, three in one, just like an egg. Remember? Get in the word. If you're struggling with anxiety, get in the word. What does the word say about anxiety? If you're struggling with fear, get in the word. There's so much. There's three Bible references fear 365 times, one for every single day of the year. If you're struggling um, with anger, get in the word. If you're struggling in a trial, get in James. It's a great book for that. If you feel depressed, get in the Psalms. David was depressed half the time, it seems like. A lot of times there's a scripture for what you're feeling and what you need. 
And then on top of that, invite the spirit, the comforter in. Invite him over from his round table where he's playing with the disciples in. Say, spirit, what do I need to do? And if he says, if God says, go to counseling, confront that person, stop talking to that person. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. Mary knew what we need to live by. His way produces change. His way produces miracles. Verse 6 says this, Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said, this is what he said, Fill the water pots with water. (laughs) Do whatever he says. And Jesus is like, yeah, go fill them with water. It'll be good. So they did it. They went and they filled them up to the brim. Now I want to stop here because I think to the brim is important. They didn't just do what he said. They did exactly precisely the most that they could possibly do with what he said. They filled them up to the brim. I think sometimes we'll be like, oh, God, you want me to step away from that friend group? Okay, well, I just won't go out to dinner with them this week. (laughs) No, God wants you to step away, away. That means you need to, they're not healthy for you for whatever reason. Oh, God, you want me to go to counseling for for that, whatever it is? I'll just go one time. I'll just call and make an appointment. No, go do the work of healing. Get in there. It's going to feel good on the other side. You know why? Because you have new wine, just like they did <laughs> in Canaan. What is God asking you to do? Do it all the way. I love that these servants are like, well, we're not only going to fill these pots, we're going to fill it all the way to the brim, Jesus. And then he's like, fantastic. And this is what happened. And he said to them, verse 8, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, he didn't know where it came from. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, why do you serve the cheap wine first? You should serve this stuff first. And that was the beginning of the signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. These servants went above and beyond And while they were, they don't even know when, they don't even know when it didn't come out of the spigot wine when they were pouring water into the pots, it didn't come out wine. So somewhere between them doing exactly what God said and the little trip over to the head waiter, somewhere, somehow a miracle happened, change happened happen. It was manifested and they didn't even know how or when it happened. All they did was exactly what God said. So if you are running out of whatever it is today, do what he says. This is so practical. Do as much as you can do of it. Change will happen as a result of your obedience to him. When the Lord told me when I was so worried about, you know, what is this employee going to think? What is this employee going to think? And God said, what do I think? 
I ask you to start this ministry. What do I think about what you're doing? Why don't you ask me what I think? I'm proud of you. I'm with you. I'm hanging in there. You're going to reach a lot of people for my name. Once I stopped focusing on what they thought and what he thought, I changed. I don't know when it happened. I can't tell you a specific date. I don't know how it happened. But the supernatural God effect in my life has made it possible for me to continue for years on doing things that have been challenging because I'm focused on what he thinks because he told me to do it. When you are running out, do what he says. Do the fullness of what he says. And then he steps in and does what he does, which is transform your heart, transform the situation, transform that water to wine. And a lot of times you don't even realize when it happens, it just does because he's faithful to his kids. Lord, we love you today. And I thank you for this passage. I thank you, Lord, how it has just radically convicted me over the years. I'm there. I'm sitting around. Are you going to ask me to do what you need? Or are you just going to leave me there? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for being faithful to those servants so that when they put the water in the pots, there was a result on the other side. Thank you for being faithful to those servants. Thank you for being faithful to us. Those servants weren't embarrassed, Lord. They were able to see your first miracle that you ever did publicly and they were a part of it that is how faithful you were to them they weren't embarrassed when the pot got to the head waiter it had transformed and they didn't even know when all they knew was obedience to you and lord i pray for that person that is struggling to be obedient because they don't want to do what you know that they're asking them to do. They're scared. They're frustrated. They know they're running out. They don't want to make the necessary changes in their life. They don't want to cut people out. They don't want to do that, Lord. I pray that you would remind them how faithful you were to those servants with that water. Change based on what you do will happen, and they won't even know until it's done. Thank you for being my good stable God. We love you so much. I pray that whoever has listened to this leans into this and gets restored what they need as they march into this new season of summer. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. I'll be back after the break for a really cool story. You're going to love it. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. 
Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangster Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, you guys, when Amanda read me this testimony today, this story of what God is doing in your life, I was so overcome because it's right in line with what I just said, but also it's so precious. I'm going to read it word for word. I'm a Sunday school teacher and a little first grader, which I now have third graders, but that's a precious little soul right there. A little first grader asked me to pray that his mom would have a little boy so he would have a brother. Fast forward one year. (laughs) This little boy now has a happy, healthy baby brother. And he credits, listen how precious this is, he credits it all to our prayer during Sunday school. (laughs) God is good and he cares about the faith of the little ones. Okay, how precious is this? A little first grader credits his baby brother (laughs) to his Sunday school teacher and him praying for that little baby brother. I just thought that 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 just blessed my heart so much today. That is exactly why moms out there teach your kids how to pray. Have them pray for stupid things, you know, have them pray for it because um, that obviously was not stupid. That was a human life that he was praying for. But don't you know that for the rest of his life, he will remember that precious, and I don't have the name of the Sunday school teacher. I wish I could so I could shout you out. But he will, he will remember that Sunday school teacher who took the time to get down and pray with him about a little sibling. And he'll remember that for the rest of his life. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it amazing? Think of how his faith was strengthened during that. I just, I am so, I'm so thankful y'all sent this in because it is so precious. Keep these coming. Email them to hello at autumnmiles.com because I want to feature yours on the show. Okay. Now, I have a very interesting (laughs) question right in line with that. Recently, a friend from church said they needed prayer for healing, but only if I could guarantee my prayer would work. How do you respond to that? I don't know. I was kind of offended by this question, honestly. Let me read it again. Recently, a friend from church said they needed prayer for healing, but only if I could guarantee my prayer would work. How do you respond to that? This is a very interesting question because I feel like maybe this person hasn't read the word of God that was asking for healing. The Bible says, ask. Obviously, he says, ask, and he absolutely still heals. He has healed me. He has healed my mom of breast cancer. My dad has been healed. There's been, uh, my grandma was healed of uh, breast cancer. So there is a lot of healing that I have seen with my own two eyes. He is in the process of healing my brother. But here's the deal. 
we aren't the healers. <laughs> we are the one that petition the healer, the great physician, and we can do it in all faith, but it is up to the great physician how and when and if he heals the way we want him to. And so that would be my response. Listen, I'll petition the Lord 24 all day long for you, but the healing is not your responsibility. The healing is God's responsibility. So that's what my response would be to that question. You know, you can't, unless you know that you know that you know that he is going to be healed, you can't guarantee and this is where a lot of like church hurt comes in and stuff like that. When someone guarantees something on behalf of God and then God doesn't do it exactly the way they want them to do it. There's a lot of church hurt and weirdness that goes on for that. So I would be very careful about guaranteeing something unless you know for a fact it is from the spirit of God himself that God has in fact said, I am going to heal him. And this is when that's how I would respond to it. I hope that helps. <laughs> there was one time, let me tell you a little story and then we'll be done. There was one time where I don't do this very often unless I know that I know. And there was a girl that came up to me. I teach at Liberty University to their women's department twice a year. This is years ago, guys. So she's like years ago. Um, she came up to me and she said, I'm dating this guy. And she didn't even get the words out of her mouth, you guys. And the Lord said, tell her to break up with him right now. And she was like, I'm dating this guy and this is our situation. And I just said, I'm just going to stop you. You need to break up with him now, right now. And she looked at me really crazy. That's not what she wanted to hear. She wanted me to be like, go marry him. It'll be great. But that's not what God said. And I knew that I had heard from God. And it's so crazy. She ended up, she did break up with him. And she ended up marrying, I think, a pastor. I think this has been super long time ago. But I remember hearing the story of her marrying a pastor. And I thought, wow, God, you were right on with that one. Don't tell someone anything on behalf of God unless you know that you know. Because God does speak to us, guys. That would be my response to that question. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week right here on the Autumn Miles Show. You don't want to miss it. Prepare your little hearts for our new series called Holy. It is coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. Love y'all. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.